0: If you like, it is time to implement the vision that we prayed about for a year and that we planned for a year. We had January holidays. We had Peno Life. I went on three weeks holiday in February. I am back today. So it's a little bit late, you might think March, but today is the day we're kind of launching this new initiative, this new vision And some of our initiatives have already started, no doubt. 95% of the time when someone stands in this pulpit on a Sunday morning, perhaps more than 95% of the time, we teach from the Bible. We open the Bible up and we listen to what it says and we're hopefully encouraged through the Word of God. Today will be different at both the morning and evening service, same talk for both services, so it's a little bit different. What I want to do this morning, very simple objective, is I just want us to go through our church Vision towards 2020, and I want to encourage you and, and hopefully demonstrate to you that it is thoroughly consistent with our ten church values, which I believe are thoroughly consistent with God's desire for His church everywhere. See, this vision that we worked on last year—these bits of paper, these thoughts, these ideas—we they came about after much prayer and after considerable consultation and thought. And I believe, it's my conviction, that they are God's call on this church family. The vision as we displayed it is built around an agricultural or or a farming or an orchardist type of imagery, maybe a garden orchard. Because we want our church to be, firstly, healthy. There is a healthy tree. We want to be a healthy church, strong, reliable. We want to be not just healthy, we want to be fruitful. Because a good tree, a healthy tree produces fruit. We don't just want to be a healthy, fruitful tree, we want to have space to grow. So that this health, this fruitfulness, God's kingdom through us can expand. We'll start with healthy. We want to be healthy. In fact, we are called to be healthy. That reading we just had, Paul writes, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Because there is one body and there is one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, One God and Father who is over all and through all and in all. One unified health in God. Down in verse 11. It was Jesus who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be pastors, some to be teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. There is a picture of church health. That is Jesus' desire for his church, that we be healthy. Out in our foyer, there's a verse on the wall. I don't know if you've ever taken any notice of it. It's taken from the prophet Jeremiah. Blessed is the man or the woman who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. It is healthy. We want to be a healthy church, a healthy tree. Now, what promotes health? Well, let me just take you to our church vision document. The first paragraph under healthy. Hills Baptist Church is in good health. God's Spirit is with us and doing a work of restoration. It's tra- He's transforming us to more into the likeness of Jesus. We are fit. We are ready and willing to play a unique role within God's eternal mission. See, what promotes health? Deep roots, if you want to use that analogy. Abiding in the vine. Staying with the Lord Jesus. Fertile soil, ready water, sunshine. United with Christ as we are united with one another. Now, how does that come about, this health? Well, let me take you to our church values. It's all there in our church values. Our first church value we first church value is we believe the Bible we hear from the Word of God, we hear and seek to obey the Word of God. second church value we value persistent prayer we're in relationship with God and we talk to God and we trust God and we exercise our faith in God by prayer through prayer. this is ch- basic church health. Church value number three, we worship. We're doing that now, today. I said, no, we worship all day, every day. In fact, our worship is the call to holy living. Our worship is the call to holy living which then gets expressed when we gather together with joy. We worship all day, every day. Our sixth church value, we strive to be a caring community. We're working at community. We're working at care and love. It's a priority. This is church health. Hearing from God, talking to God, worshipping God, letting it impact our lives and caring for others. I'd like to add another. It's not one of our formal church values but I think it's part of who we are. I think most of you would affirm that this is one of the values that we hold even though it's not one of our formal ones. So let me give you another one. We... Delight in unity within diversity. Old and young, from wherever you are, whatever life circumstances, whatever job you do or you don't do. We love that here at Penno. We want to embrace that, that we're different but one in Christ Jesus. This is what we want to pursue. And if we go to our church vision document, Underhealthy, we read this. When we gather, we are eager to be taught from God's word because we know that we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We celebrate in our gatherings the deep, deep joy of knowing Jesus through prayer and song and mutual encouragement. We want to be healthy. We do not fear change. We're not afraid to live sacrificially and take godly risks. We pray persistently. We pray at church in small groups, not because it's what we should do, but because we're people of faith. We're people of prayer. We love to eat and drink together. Breaking bread with thanksgiving because we're a caring community. We willingly hold one another accountable and spur one another on towards love and good deeds because we're healthy. Healthy relationships with God, with family and with others are central to all that we do and are. In our church there are young and old people who come to Australia from many nations, people from many different walks of life. We're all mixed together. We're relating to one another. There's a place for you to take root and grow and contribute as part of the family because we're healthy. We're a healthy church with healthy relationships. Now you know what the difficulty of putting health in a vision document is? And that's that you want to be healthy all the time. The call to health is just a call to get back to the basics. It's not particularly inspirational. It's just get back to the basics. Word and prayer and spirit and love and service and relationships. That is health. It's not particularly, come on, let's take on the world. But you know, nothing can be achieved without good health. Imagine the coach of the football team. Come on guys, we've got to win this game, we've got to win. You who's injured, you who's injured, you who's injured, get on the field, we've got to win. You can imagine the general ready to fight a battle. He's got a thousand soldiers in his field hospitals injured. Empty out the field hospitals, we've got a battle to win. You can imagine the farmer, the orchardist wanting to grow fruit. He's got the best barn. He's got the best equipment, beautiful fences and his trees are rotten with mould and fungus. Come on, let's go. Let's make fruit. Health is fundamental. In the cover letter in our vision we have this line. Everything flows from the strength of our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Everything flows through that, both as individuals and together. This must be our first priority, health as a church family. We've got to keep going back to the basics of water and sun and fertiliser and no weeds. Well, how are we going to do that in specific terms? Because it's kind of bit general and vague. Let's just be healthy. Well, here's what we're going to do as a church. Every year we are going to have a theme. Because all this stuff has to happen every year. But every year we're going to focus on one particular aspect of being healthy. And the theme for 2016, as Eric's already mentioned, is that we are exiles fit for mission. Now, I'm going to be speaking about that in two weeks' time, next week on Sunday night you might just want to think about that. And What does that mean for you? What does that even mean that you are an exile fit for mission? How is that related to being healthy as a church to appreciate that you are an exile fit for mission? Developing a sense of godly discontent, a sense of urgency, a sense of expectancy and accountability and sacrifice as we wait for the return of the Lord Jesus, that we're fit We're ready to do what we're called to do. We're ready for mission. We're not home yet. We're facing a task unfinished that drives us to our knees. Have a think about it. More in two weeks. Health, number one, first priority. Essential, but health is not enough. So there you are. You go to the gym. You're beef and bulky. You're very, very fussy about the food you eat because you're working on health, man. And your body looks fantastic. You show it off. You strut around. It's not like mine. In fact, you're winning competitions because you're so healthy. But what for? You imagine the church bodybuilding competition. (laughs) Listen, look at our music, man. Look at how we sing. Whoa, yeah. yeah. Someone else flexes another. Have you seen our summer mission? Hey, check check out St. Swithin's summer mission. That's pretty hot. You're strutting around, showing off, winning competitions. Why does a coach want a healthy team? Why does the general want healthy, fit soldiers? Why does the orchardist want to have healthy trees? Why does Jesus want his church to be healthy? It was Jesus who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We are to be healthy that we might be fruitful. That from us there may be good deeds, that there may be service and love and blessing, that the fruit of the Spirit being at work in us might lead to fruitful good works which are good for others, exactly as we have expressed in our church values. Church value number four, we make Jesus known. We're people who want to tell others about the gospel of Jesus, tell others about the saving message of Christ, Tell others about the life that can be found in him for strength for today and bright, hope for tomorrow. Blessing others, being fruitful. Church value number seven, we give with cheerful hearts. We are a generous church. We're giving church. Giving is in our DNA. Give is good, greed is bad. Grab and hold and get fat is bad. Give, give, give is good. Part of our DNA, we would hope. Church value number eight, we are equipped for service. We've got everything we need to do the unique work that God has called this church family to. We've got everything we need. We're ready to serve with every person playing their part, bearing fruit, blessing others, and God's kingdom growing through that. Let me take you to our five-year vision document again to see how this is expressed in our document. There are four areas of focus for being fruitful. Ed's already prayed through them. Over recent years, we've had the joy of identifying, training, and sending out many from our church in teams, to support new initiatives and to grow God's kingdom in strategic ways. To raise up teams of people, to send them out. This is costly in terms of relationships and finances and resources but we're glad to count the cost because we're fruitful, we're generous. It's a natural consequence of being healthy, of bearing fruit. Focus number two, we've intentionally invested in those with leadership potential giving them training and personal encouragement. Many of these people have left our fellowship to take on significant roles of leadership elsewhere. We're raising people up. We're equipping people to send. Maybe overseas, maybe to some of those countries in our video. Maybe to other churches with greater needs or strategic opportunities. Focus number four, we continue to be generous supporters of Christian ministry and good works outside our direct sphere of influence. In other words, we are giving money and time and prayer and energy away to other ministries to support people who are loving others in ways that we can't directly do it here. We're very generous in this way, particularly amongst the poor and vulnerable. Number four, as a healthy church, Each member is bearing fruit, sharing hope and alerting people to the universal reign of God in Christ as they go about their daily activities. We are salt and light. We are ambassadors. We are helping you to be fruitful in your context, in your world. This is what our vision is. It's a big vision. And through God's church the kingdom is growing, sometimes in unseen ways but always remarkably. Let's get down to the specific goals because we've actually tried to make some of this It's more tangible now that we're talking about being fruitful. Specific goal number one, we would love within five years to have sent out two teams from our church to strategic kingdom initiatives. People going together, being raised up, equipped and prepared together and sent together. We would within five years, secondly, like to have re- intentionally invested in five potential leaders whether that means just mentoring, whether that means something like ministry training or Bible college support, we'd like one one a year, if you want to do the sum simply, expecting that they will leave us to bless others. We would like within five years to have developed a greater culture of relational evangelism. That's the next one. Yeah that we're encouraging one another. It's part of our DNA that we're just as we go about, Jesus is part of our life. Just as we go about, we're inviting, we're talking, we're sharing. We want to equip people, make that part of our natural culture. Number four, we want to have one ministry in our church that ministers to the poor and the vulnerable that we all own, but we support ministry amongst the poor and vulnerable. Don't get me wrong, but many of you don't even have a clue what it is. We would like to identify one ministry amongst the poor and the vulnerable, whatever that might be, that we all are all passionate about. We give financially, we give of our time, we pray, and as a church we own that ministry. And if anyone says, what do you do for the poor and the vulnerable? We say, well, Peno, we're absolutely committed to Fifthly, we want to increase our external mission support. We're a, very, we're a far more generous church than the average church in my experience when you look at how much we give out of our funds to others. But we want to see that grow. We've said at least a minimum 10% a year, which I don't think is a stretch goal at all. And if we catch a vision for blessing others, that will be, oh, I'd love to see that blown out of the water. But we do say at least 10% a year given more to others beyond us because we want to be fruitful we want to bless because we're healthy you don't just get fat and build up your muscles and show off you give because you're healthy you're serving Jesus there's a book I read a bit over a year ago this fruitful church book very simple book very easy to read very short written by a guy from South Australia called Andrew Turner. It impacted my thinking. I gave it to heaps of people. It impacted their thinking. A lot of the stuff Andrew talked about made it into our vision. You've just heard about it. We are having a seminar here in April. I've got the details here. 30th of April, where Andrew's going to come and tell people about his philosophy of ministry, growing church by giving it away. I would love your help. I would love your participation. We've never done anything like this before, held a, hosted a seminar. Um, I would love your support and your help and to make this a real blessing not just to us as a church but to others. Put it in the diary. If you register online, please register. Put it in the diary and then let me know how you can serve to make that just a great day. And invite others. If you know people at other churches, the best way to build these things up is through networks. Invite others. Read the book if you can. It'll take you... I, my little joke is you can read this book in a week on the toilet. It's not hard, if you're that sort of reader. (laughs) We're called to be a blessing to see God's kingdom grow as we also experience growth. I want to show you a photo. Oh, not yet. No, 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 no photo yet. Just hold off on the photo. We have a lemon tree in our backyard. I don't know how many of you see it. It's quite healthy. We've had it for a number of years. Every year, just about, it produces fruit. It's a healthy, fruitful tree. Here it is. Maybe two lemons a year, if we're lucky. It's in a pot. It doesn't have space to grow. It's more for decoration and we haven't been watering it or pruning it as well as we should. But anyway, you can forgive us that. It's not blessing... As it could be, because it's sitting in the pot. Jesus expects his church to grow and bless as his kingdom grows. Ephesians chapter 4. Speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the, who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, Altogether grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Jesus expects his church to grow as we all play our part and find freedom and find blessing and grow together because there's a sense of space to grow. Let me tell you something about our church, I think, as many of us experience it. We're all busy. It's hard to support all the ministries that we have. We've just look in your bulletin. Slack's possibly had its last outing last year. It's hard to support the ministries. We have all this activity going on week after week after week. And everybody's doing their best. But it's here and there and it's everywhere. And people are just doing the best with the resources they have. And what about the support? What about training people for roles? What about developing leadership? What about our welcoming? Couldn't that be improved? What about our small groups or pastoral care? Looking after our facilities, it's a constant struggle. What about promotion and graphics? We're hopeless, except when I bug the same people again and again and again. What about our Sunday services? We keep on messing up. What about discipleship? What about follow-up of new believers and preparing people for baptism or membership? Oh my goodness me, we're just struggling. It feels like we're at the limit. But there's no space to grow. And we don't want to be like that. The third part of our vision. Is all about establishing systems and structures so that we have a sense of space to grow. Let me again read. I've got lots of pieces of paper here today. Let me again read. There is little sense, this is what we hope by 2020, there is little sense in our church life that we're at the limit. Rather, well, rather the overwhelming feeling is one of excitement as to where God is leading us as we watch his kingdom to grow. People are coming to faith, they're being baptised, our church services are increasing, even though many have left us. We've developed effective systems and structures to manage the growing number of people in our church community, which has doubled. That would be our hope. That's going to be a threat for us now, all at the limit. The staff team's expanded, newcomers are welcomed. With warmth and purpose, small groups are supported, pastoral care readily available. We've got processes of guiding people to maturity in Christ. Everybody has adequate resources. Now these systems and structures, they're not the main game, we say, but they're there to help ensure that no one falls through the cracks, that all of our activities activities are well supported and people are encouraged to keep serving one another in love. That's our vision. We've stated that in two specific goals. A little bit more general goals with this way, with a lot of detail to the things. First goal. You'll have to pop this one, Sam. I'm going to not get it right if I don't remember. Specific goals. Clear ministry roles and expectations. We just want to know, if you're serving, what's my role? What's Johnny's role? What's Elder Ben's role? His role in terms of managing small groups. What is that? What does he actually do there? What are we all about? that? What does a switch leader do? We want to have clear expectations of ministries and roles. Secondly, we want simple, well-implemented systems and structures. The idea is, how do you do things? Well, that's just the way we do things around here, that sort of phrase. How do I get into a home group while well, you do this and this and this and this? Because that's how we do things around here. It's not like this person does this, this thing their way and this person does this thing their way and this person... No, no, this is how we do things at Pannot. It just becomes natural and normal. The idea is to take all the noise out of the system. Take all the options out, the confusion, the barriers, the uncertainty, the duplication and simplify. That requires discipline and effort and investment. And it sounds pretty boring you know when a community grows people start living in a certain locality and eventually roads are built and sewers are installed then in street lights and footpaths and parks and and with all that comes rules and regulations and procedure and oversight but it's a lot better than none of that when you've got a community with no roads or street lights or parks or ways of getting about where it's just chaotic. These things are not community. The parks, the lights, the footpaths, the roads, they're not community but they facilitate community. They facilitate service. And this is thoroughly consistent with our church values. Church value number five. Church value number five, we encourage growth. That's what we say. We want to be encouraging growth and systems are an important part of that. Furthermore, we are led by courageous servants. We want to intentionally invest in leaders who know what they're doing, who understand their calling and who are equipped. That's a systems matter because you know what difference it makes when you have a leader who knows what they're doing. Thirdly, and this one may surprise you, I think this is under this category, we are our last church value, we are compelled by love. In everything we do, it's love. Now, that's a bit of a wrap-up because, of course, if you're talking about being healthy, well, a healthy church is a loving church. So, that, shouldn't that go back in category one? What about fruitful? Well, a, health, a fruitful church will be a loving church which will be an outward-focused church. Shouldn't that go in category two? Yes. And here it is in category three. We are compelled by love under growth and systems and structures. Let me show you a photo of a highway in Mongolia. I was in Mongolia a few years back. This is, I'm guessing, 100 kilometres from the capital city, Ulaanbaatar. On this highway, it's choose your own adventure. Literally. Whichever track suits you, that's the one to go on. It's heading generally in that direction. You pick, you've got cars going this way, that way and here's a roadhouse on the highway. In fact, it could well have been taken at that very, very same spot. See, it's a major highway. It's the major road west from Ulaanbaatar. There's a major road heading southeast from Ulaanbaatar down towards the Chinese border. It is a paved two-lane road. The Russians built it. To get access to their army facilities, not this one. It's (laughs) not as good as that one. (laughs) The road the Russians built, they didn't build out of love. They built it to expand their empire. The only reason it heads that way is because it's going closer to the Air Force bases and army bases near the Chinese border. Because we don't like the Chinese. They set up a system and a structure not out of love but out of power. Let me show you this next road. It's like a lot of the roads you might go on. I've been on both types of roads. i tell you which one I prefer. It is murder travelling in Mongolia. It is slow and bouncy and uncomfortable and scary. This road cost a lot of money. It took a huge investment. You drive on this road and there are all sorts of rules and regulations you have to follow. You can't just go here and there and do it whichever way you like. But I tell you which road is more loving when it's there to serve the community. This one is a hundred times better than any road I went on in Mongolia. And it cost a lot of effort. And it's a lot, lot better. It is a loving thing when we improve our systems and structures. And if you're going to set up a system without love, well, don't do it. But it's a loving thing to do it so you can serve one another better. And we as a church need to do that. We need to invest. And when we've invested, we need to adhere to the rules so that we can serve one another better. See, I want to be part of doing something that God is doing. We've prayed about this vision. We've thought and dreamed and planned and listened and debated and clarified. Now, that's got to continue, but the time has come for the rubber to hit the road. Now is the time for us to take godly risks and see what God might do amongst us at Penno for his glory and his kingdom. Again, from our church vision document. We do not fear change, nor the unknown, We are not afraid to live sacrificially and take godly risks for the kingdom. Above all, we fear and love God. We live expectantly as exiles, waiting for Jesus' return, the consummation of his kingdom and the renewal of all things. Healthy, fruitful, with space to grow. Will you join us? Will you play your part? Because... Look at Ephesians. It's not going to happen if we don't play our part. We can't do this without you. One diverse, crazy body serving the Lord Jesus, one in Christ, with one purpose and one glorious destiny. Just as you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. To Him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, John. You've heard the call. You've seen the challenge. I want you to seriously pray to partner with us on this journey. Regardless of of anything, there's one name that we depend on, one source of power, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. I invite you to stand as we sing our last song, There Is No Other Name.